I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Welcome back to an Omnia Paratus. I'm Jay, like the letter. And I'm Angela, also known as AVO. Are you sick? I just woke up. Can those two things not be <laughs> different? <laughs> I mean, they can be, but this generally is just kind of what I sound like when I wake up, particularly if I haven't been sleeping well. Look, if... I'm not the first one to make this comment to you then. No, this is just what exhausted Angela sounds like. Well, that's not a great alliteration. Mm-hmm. Nope, don't got one. <laughs> I'll think of one later. I'm I'll not think exactly... of his ass hat, which like, doesn't <laughs> really have to do with the situation. It's just the first A word that came to mind. I'm I'm having my very own Jackson Jordan Almonds moment this morning. Well, I don't know why, because we started recording 13 minutes past the time we we're supposed to start recording. You had 13 minutes to do some burpees, splash face water, ice bucket challenge. The struggle is real this morning. Coffee, it, coffee, coffee. It has been a week. I may break out your coffee, coffee, coffee cup though in a moment. Well, not in a moment after this recording's done. Which will honestly feel like a moment because it's going to fly by in my exhausted state. So, in the words of Finn, Colin, whoever, this is our penultimate. I mean, you took my joke, but I was also <laughs> I was waiting for the traffic. Oh, sorry. As I was saying, this is our penultimate, which does not mean super ultimate. It means second to last. So this is our second to last episode of season one. We made it. Did you think we were going to make it? There was no choice but to make it because I wanted to do one a week. What other option was there? Well, I mean, I know that's the goal, but honestly, somewhere around the summer, I kind of wondered, I was like, will we call it? Will we take a break at some point and say like, hey, this week, we're not having a new episode. We'll come back in like next week, two weeks. And this is where us being partners, you should have known I would have just recorded solos to finish the year. Oh no, I, I figured you would have. But I mean, I I did wonder, I was like, if something in life was gonna take us out of it. We've had a year. Yeah, but that's not what this episode is about. This, like all classic TV shows before streaming was a thing, have their annual wrap-ups. So we're doing our top 10 favorite episodes in no particular order. I also would like to make one disclaimer. I don't know what Angela's list is. She doesn't know what mine is. If we do mention some with guests, we love and appreciate every single one of our guests who we had on this season and we're very grateful you were here on this first season journey with us. Many of you will probably be back for season two if we're being honest, but if I do not name a particular person, I still love and care about you all very much. I just got to pick out five out of 50 three episodes as we have now, because this is the 54th, and then after this we're recording the 55th, which will conclude our one year of podcasting every week from Monday, December 1st, through Monday, I believe November 30th. We, we have a lot to choose from. Like, we have two calendars right here. <laughs> I thought you were... It's November 29th. Okay. There we go. I was close. But yeah, even though we did one double episode... I'm still confused why we have 54 episodes because when I look it up, they're like, oh, there's 52 Mondays in the in the year 2021. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess it's because we, no, but even though we didn't start it at the beginning in January, oh, maybe it's because the December we started had an extra Monday. Maybe? Because it was still a year and clock time. See, that's what I thought too, because essentially we're taking it almost to the day because I believe our first episode was released on December 1st. First. Yeah. I'm really tired, guys. I'm very sorry. <laughs> okay, this list. Five episodes. Do we want to do them chronologically? Like I said, mine are in no particular order. 
I can't speak for Angela. Maybe she does have favorites and favorite humans of our friend group and guests. Who knows? I know, honestly, same. A couple of mine do have some guests in there. I'm not trying to say that I necessarily put any of you above others, but it was really fun speaking with you and it just kind of stuck in my mind. But again, all of our guests come back because it's been great for everyone. By everyone, she means herself. (laughs) Me and my multiple personalities. She doesn't mean seriously insert PC disclaimer here about mental health and those who are neurodivergent. Anyway, I don't know. I guess I'll just go off my list. I think my first one, which is like kind of more of a fluff one, is I really like the first Marvel episode we did based on our analytics. I was going to say statistics, which are the same as analytics. We didn't do very well in that one, but I personally had a lot of fun with it as it was something I wouldn't have tried. And during this, I hate using this word, but during the season of podcasting, I was really like, let's do things new. Let's try things I haven't tried before. We didn't really this season get to have Angela try too many things, which I guess will be a focus of season two but that first Marvel episode I was like I never would have watched a Marvel movie because I guess I thought I was like past the window of enjoying them and I was like oh well like all of my friends and my family have their Marvel buddies who they watch it with so like if I wanted to they would take me but like they already have these like long-standing relationships since like before the Marvel Universe was bought by Disney so like I was like oh and then once it was bought by Disney everyone like gave so much shit because like oh Disney owns it now so I was like oh well it's not good anymore and then I was surprised and now I've seen the three release three releases since I started watching and last night we got the phase five announcement. So this, so question, Thor Thunder Down Under is not the one with Natalie Portman. She-Hulk is a different movie. Correct. Okay. But she's going to be both. What, is she not? I haven't looked yet. I was, I don't know. I was was too many in the feels from the Taylor Swift video last night. I just put everything down and then I picked up you and watched Joe, apparently now Quinn Goldberg, run around pretending, plotting murders. No, that is how tired I've been. Then who told me the ending? Madison? I don't know. Oh no, Laura told me the ending. I'm like, someone told me the ending of it. Oh, okay. Oh shit. Oh wow. Don't tell me. I'm I'm only on episode five. Mm Mm-hmm. I honestly, I was very surprised by how you took to the Marvel episode and your Marvel challenge. I think I expected you to like it, but I expected it more from the perspective of something that you would love to hate. I honestly- I do like to do that. I thought you were going to gravitate towards all the characters that people really didn't like, that you were going to zero in on the moments that were a little bit more obscure and kind of like fill in your opinions and then find more reasons to not like it, but then enjoy not liking it liking it so much that you got really into it. Interesting. Which I mean, in a way, like you you haven't really done that, but it's like you do still have very strong opinions about what's going on in the Marvel universe. But I can also see you just getting really excited when like the heroes have their moment, when someone new is introduced. The Eternals now are at Disneyland. Oh, that's so cool. Well, at least Icarus and Circe I saw at Disneyland. Oh, and Kingdo? King Kingmon? King Kindu. Kin- like Inkidu. Kingdo. Okay. Him. I saw them at Disneyland. That's really cool. Why are they letting Icarus walk around there? I don't know. But last night I watched the Shang-Chi movie with my family and then I showed my family the picture of Shang-Chi at Disneyland where we thought he was the castmate. Cause <laughs> the most confusing thing ever. Like seriously, they couldn't have given him a better costume. They couldn't have just given him his superhero costume. They had a guy in they had Shang-Chi in his valley jacket and just some Asian guy standing as Black Panther and the Dormilaje were doing this whole like big performance. He was just kind of standing there and I was like, are you? Because you look enough, but like 
you're not doing anything. So he kind of just stood there and like waved at people and then people started noticing and started waving. I'm like, oh, you are a character, but you're not, is it like, cause it's day, like this is a werewolf thing. You only come out in like your 10 rings at night. Like what's happening? <laughs> yeah, no, I think they, they definitely could have done better there. And also, I don't know if you saw this. He, he had a moment with our friend. She waved and he waved back and he kind of mouthed something at her. And she was like, oh my God. I kind of did. So, I, I mean, feel like great, she did that with every character. <laughs> she did, every character loved her. But I mean, they had their moment. They could have done better with his costume because frankly, when I first noticed him, I was like, is this guy like a visitor who has a really good Disney bound going on? Or who snuck into to the Avengers campus. Exactly. But yes, I mean, I did start off. I watched Captain Marvel was my first one recommended by Angela. Going back, I think it was good, but I think it was very, it didn't help me at all when I started with the traditional Iron Man, Captain America, Avenger movies because it was, it's kind of its own thing, exiting phase mm -hmm. three. Right. Well, I mean, honestly, it was like, I know you really like this episode. I really don't like this episode because it, for what- I started with Captain Marvel because you told me to start with Captain Marvel. I know, but the reason that I picked the movies out for you that I did is because they had some very significant points outside of the Marvel universe or, or the, I should say the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they were very door opening for other parts of the series in terms of breaking down boundaries and working on new terms of exclusion new terms of inclusivity for people. Exclusivity. <laughs> This automatically where my mind goes, exclusivity. So I wanted to talk about them a lot more in terms of like their comic phase where like they were taking opportunities for writers, artists, role models for kids. So it, mm. yeah, so it wasn't necessarily to talk so much about the films and get bring you in that way, but I was trying to show you more of the artistic elements of what was going on. So there was a, there was a lot that I feel like we, we had one of our moments where we, saw two things that we both really liked, but we approached them from such different perspectives, we weren't able to merge them. And I feel like we're still, like we've gotten better about that, but we're still working on it a bit there. I mean, now that Iron Man's gone, I think the franchise will be a lot more inclusive just all around. Perhaps, Robert Downey Jr. is just such a polarizing man. He is an annoying man. Apparently he is very nice though, if you meet him on the street. We have a friend who met him in a bar. He was there watching his son's band play. Was she of age where he could be hitting on her? She sa she says no. Well, she yes, she was of age, but she says no, he was not hitting on her. He was just proud dad. Fair. I guess like another, not disclaimer, but when I'm saying my favorite episodes, it's not necessarily like, oh, I haven't gone back and listened to all of them. Once I edit it, they kind of go into the universe. But like, it's like the whole thing of like what led to necessarily the episode coming about. Mm -hmm. A boot if we're in Canada. <laughs> and they actually do say a boot. Yes. One of the things I figured out this year. Oh my God. <laughs> this year? You watched Degrassi, which I'm so surprised we have no episodes on, but. Season two. I mean, honestly, I think sometimes I forget that Degrassi is filmed in Canada. And sometimes I think it's just a impression of Canada. Oh, jeez. I know. Okay. Your first, fifth pick, whatever way you want to go. Okay. My fifth pick is going to be, so you want to write a rom-com with our guest Amanda. So what do we do if we have the same ones on our list? <laughs> um, we're gonna have to throw in some bonus ones for this episode then. Got it. That was also on my list. That was the episode where I almost cried laughing multiple points during the interview. 
slash collaboration because I don't really feel like we interview interviewed as like had a conversation I think it was good though we had Amanda and Laura on as like pre-interviewing because like when we did do some actual interviewing it was helpful to already have had third or fourth in the dynamic with us Mm -hmm. no I agree and I think I've and I've actually been speaking with some people that I know who are a little bit more in the journalism field and they actually recommended they're like toss out a ton of those sample questions so that way everyone feels more comfortable because I feel like sometimes where we almost found ourselves in circular situations where we didn't know what to say they were like that's gonna help everyone just feel more comfortable if they can already prep Mm. so that's gonna that's gonna be a new development for us in season two I loved speaking with Amanda just because it's already hard enough to speak with Amanda because she's so busy but then we got her for a dedicated block of time I think we spoke with her for almost three hours I don't think it was that long really I mean I don't think I think it was like two probably Mm -hmm. but like a almost full two Mm -hmm. no and it's just it's so fun to see how her mind works and I feel like in the balance of things where you're a little bit more up and I'm a little bit more down she like has that energy that kind of just brings us all up together so we're all on the same plane Amanda is like the perfect combination of like a really good active listener and a really good hype girl like if you're like going on a date you're like not sure how you look like you need anything like she will like hype you up to like feel like you're drunk or high kind of amanda's presence is just like intoxicating her presence is a present (laughs) no but that was one of my favorite episodes because of course like we got to talk about rom-coms who doesn't love to talk about a rom a good rom-com i mean clearly not us since we've dedicated a month to them and then a two-hour dedicated youtube video to the kissing booth trilogy they will forever live in our hearts always i don't remember what their ship name is noelle forever sure we'll go with that that sounds right okay so i guess my next one i'm trying to like switch between like good like fun and real and stuff the next one that i have on my list is our impatient practice as i think it's what it was called yes the medical episode came about when we were trying to just not rebrand but trying to diversify our topics and talk about things that really matter to us and what we're currently going on and what we felt needed to be spread into the world more so i've always known angela for better or worse had a lot of experience hospitals and doctor's visits and stuff so i felt like it was a good episode not only where she could like shine and take the reins and like had really good accurate information but also one where we could assist other young people going through that and we do plan and we do plan on continuing that to season two i had (laughs) turning 26 means you with health insurance so on my journey to that i had multiple medical visits where i asked some very specific questions and got some answers from my doctors which we'll be sharing next season because i think they're questions that when you go on a webmd or you just look on the internet there are many answers and not that my doctors only give the right answers but i believe my medical team rather than saying this is this opened a door on how to ask the correct follow-up questions if you have x concern not like oh if this happens like this means you're dying but if this is happening and then these things aren't happening you're probably not having this but if you want to go further here's what you would ask no i agree i think that just knowing how to advocate for yourself in any type of medical situation is one of the most important things that any person can do it's a paramount skill to have and frankly it's not something that we talk about a lot as a society we talk about it a lot we talk about it a ton but just as a society i feel like there's just the general consensus 
that like, oh, you're sick, work through it. Or like, oh, you're not feeling so great, like kind of suck it up. Like people are only really going to the doctor when they feel that they have time and everything else in their life has kind of been set, whether that's professionally, socially, with their family, and their health is taking a back seat. And you just can't do that because by the time you actually go to the doctor, you might have had something small that has turned into something larger. Go to the doctor, preventative care is always easier than treatment. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like Jay said, if you have a good medical team, it's it's really fun to go to the doctor. I love speaking with all of my doctors. Like I went to the doctor earlier this week and my mom actually came with me because she had to go to the pharmacy and she ended up waiting an hour because I was just in there catching up with my doctor, like socially. Hopefully that feeling is mutual. (laughs) No, it was. She actually gave me her email and let me know because I'm actually going to be switching providers. So she's no longer going to be my doctor. So she gave me her email so that we could keep in touch. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I'm actually, um, I'm going to help her plan a trip to Denver. Cool. Yeah. I know it sounds pretty weird. Like, oh, you're friends with your doctor, but honestly, you just need to find someone in your life who you can keep up that good rapport with. So that way you feel comfortable talking about the things that you wouldn't necessarily want to talk about with anyone other than yourself or maybe like your closest loved ones. I mean, that's one perspective. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely treating it more from like the, I have a weird problem with my body perspective. Not like you're going to them for relationship advice, but I feel like a lot of people get really uncomfortable talking about things that are going wrong or something or something strange that has happened, like maybe some kind of one-off or something that's happening a little bit more Mm. frequently that they then really try to downplay. I know someone recently who she downplayed something like through the entirety of her pregnancy that was actually life-threatening just because she felt uncomfortable and like it was a reflection of her own person and work style rather than a symptom of something that was actually going wrong in her body. And even if it was caused by work style, mental health, anxiety, pregnancy, it doesn't mean you don't deserve the treatment because mm-hmm. it happened. Because you and if you if it's a pregnancy situation, the baby deserve the best care it can get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like I will say, like the number one thing that medical shows get right, not necessarily in their treatment plans, but just in their perspective of we are your doctors. We don't care what you did. We just need to know what happens so we can help you. It was like, no one is there to judge you. And frankly, if someone is there to judge you, go find a new doctor. And if you don't know how to do that, you can listen to Inpatient Practice as we talk about finding a new provider. Number four, brunch with extra bitters. (laughs) So this is our brunch episode where we initially intended just to speak about our love of brunch, the best things that we like about it, foods, places, bottomless versus regular drinks for the table, everything like that. And it, 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 it quickly evolved. I'm not going to say that I loved the fact that we spent most of this episode arguing, but I do think it was probably the first episode where we got the realist in terms of our general dynamic, because it's not like we always argue, but we, we do have like some spirited conversations sometimes where we're very heavily like on one side versus the other. Yeah, I feel like going back to our assumptions episode of people thinking you're so similar, you're so this, and there are certain things where Angela and I are completely the same person, could answer for one another, could do something. 
But some of the points we're different on were very, very different on. And if you hear that episode, you'll hear some of the biggest trigger points for both of us in terms of planning, punctuality, and how we maladaptively interpret such actions on behalf of not only the other one, but of other people involved when creating these plans particularly brunch is something we frequently do so it comes up a lot with that trying to get spirited essentially i think in the brunch episode it was the perfect combination of fact and fiction like i did some research there i got into the origins of brunch like and i thought that was pretty cool like the way that it's finding out how its original intention has then spiraled into this huge industry all the way from the times of like king's hunts and the first cross-country travel to now just a regular Saturday occurrence. So that was really fun. And then it we got to showcase like a little bit more of our personal dynamic. And then I also thought, I also really liked it because I feel like we incorporated kind of like a live aspect to it when we were then reaching out to all of our friends and like doing updates in real time. A little different. We got a lot of good feedback on that. We did. Particularly people like you and that. Not that I'm not delightful as always, but I think you have a tendency of people pleasing. The Miss America syndrome. Yeah, but the thing is because you have such strong facials and phrasing and tone, most people can tell when you're doing it. So you're like, yeah, I agree. It's like, no, (laughs) you don't. So let's just like, and I'm someone who like, I hate confrontation. I like confrontation. I hate like feeling like there's confrontation. So I'm just like, okay, that's not what you feel. Like say what you feel. Cause I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm like, yeah, like I see that for like 45 more minutes. Yeah. I feel like one of the things that didn't necessarily translate from all of our podcasting practice to now podcasting for real is that I feel like I miss America more because I'm like, oh, you are not the only person hearing this. Whereas like if it's you and me, I'm far more inclined to tell you like, I see what you're saying, but this is how I feel about it. But not generally within varying degrees to I completely disagree with you and I cannot go along with that. Anakin, you are leading me down a path I cannot follow. And oh, I see what you're saying. I've never thought of that before. Let's try it that way. Yeah, I don't know. I think in our final episode, it's kind of the things we've learned not to spoil too much. I kind of take it as an approach of like, when I know better, I do better. And I only know as much as I know at the current moment of when we're recording something. And if something big happens, we disclaim it. If something needs a disclaimer in terms of a trigger warning, or this is our perspective, we understand there are other perspectives and you're welcome to have your own, or we're willing to be educated on why we should change our perspectives and we will do so such. I have no problem just stating what my opinion is because it is an opinion and everyone has it and we created this so I could have all my opinions be heard (laughs) and sometimes yours. Yes and mainly just so I could look into a lot of obscure research on my part. My next one I guess I'll go with is my datathon episode which was in wrapped up our valentine's month i believe Mm -hmm. and i did something insane when in california covid cases were down with people going out i went on seven dates in eight days including a double and if you want to hear about the experience go back to that episode it was definitely interesting angel and i are both i don't know if you would consider yourself a late bloomer i'm definitely a late bloomer so kind of like experience certain things i mean i don't feel like you are but i feel like a little bit I'm I'm definitely on the later side. I don't know if I would necessarily classify it as like completely late bloomer. I'd be like 
late bloomer adjacent. Oh, or actually, you know what? What if I if I knew the name of this, it would be so much better. What are those flowers that only bloom at night? Probably well, be one of those. Well, I feel like for you, it's like you started young and then took a really big break. Yeah, and then like shit happens. And then, so it's like you were on track to be quote unquote normal, even though there's no normal, and then had a hard stop. Yes. But yeah, as a late bloomer, going on dates and why I went on so many dates in a row and what I learned from it was really fun. And it was something I had already done months ago, so I had no problem talking about it. I feel I was respectful to the men involved. Completely. No, you did a really good job. All of the innocents were protected. And I think that it it really opens a door because I think even now, as progressive as society is. I think there's still a little bit of a stigma for going on multiple dates with people in one week. Is there? There is. And I think that it's really helping to show it's like it's not something that you're doing in a malicious way or like you're trying to attend like Slutty University. It's just how you get to know people. It's how you find your partner. Like if you only went out with one person at a time until you figured it out, how long do you think that would take? I don't know, Angela. How's that going for you? (laughs) As I have done. Um... Honestly, it like, it takes a while. Like, I think that- As in you've arrived. It takes a while, but you've arrived. Well, no, I mean, I think it takes a while when you're only dating one person, particularly if both of you are heavily employed. And when I say heavily employed, it's like when you have a very demanding job, then you're not necessarily seeing that person quite often. So it's like, in theory, if you saw one person once a week for one month, it might take that entire month for you to figure out do I like you or do I not? In which case, during that month, you could have met other people in in quarantine. Granted, this is something a little bit different, but if you think about all the times that you go out in one week to happy hour with your coworkers or friends, to the gym, to a concert, to the library, a coffee shop, restaurant, wherever. Granted, this might not necessarily happen for you or me because safety, but if you were our friend Brian, who's just out there doing vibe checks, you could meet a lot of people. Well, I was gonna say you do all of those activities and how many of those have spurred off dates for you? Oh, I'm just, I'm way too safety conscious in terms, I'm way too safety conscious. Like if a man just generally approached me and asked me out, I'd like take his photo and be like, I'm reporting you to the police. Oh goodness. That episode was really fun. I mean, I could summarize, I can't really summarize it more without giving away the episode, but it was during COVID. We were safe. In terms of the COVID precautions. Excellent clarifications. Fuck, take it as you will. (laughs) Next. Um, My next favorite episode would be hygiene products should be free, period. Yeah, you really like that. I do. I talk about it all the time. And frankly, I I do want to revisit this in season two. I think it's really important. We did not touch on a lot of the research that I did for it in terms of speaking about how this is like such an important issue within the United States globally for women of all ages, whether you're nine years old to 59 years old. It's something that impacts every woman for like 30 years of her life. 
any person who was assigned female at birth. Yes, any person who was assigned female at birth. But actually, going into other, going into the more nuanced conversations, I've been hearing a lot of voices that a period is a consistent of two things. It's the hormonal shift, and then there's the shedding of the uterus. And because of the hormones that trans women take, they have a version of a period. They just don't actually shed. And so when having this conversation about what a period is and stuff, like there's a lot of, I don't know if there's a lot of discourse. I've seen a lot of discourse on my main form of content consumption, TikTok. Mm -hmm. But it's something that if we are to talk about more, we would do real research on because TikTok is not real research. But it does introduce you to a bunch of little bite-sized things to go do further research, which is convenient. But yeah, that's something that I've been hearing a lot about because people are like, oh, like having periods. And it's like trans women don't have periods because they don't shed. But it's like the hormones do something similar to the hormones on a cycle because that's how it works. I am definitely going to look into that more for season two because Mm -hmm. initially what sparked this for me, honestly, I was just frustrated about how much different products were costing me and then the fact that these products aren't even necessarily body safe. So that incredibly frustrating all around because you have very few choices and you have to use them and I mean here's the thing honestly it's like you don't even have to use them like what truly like made me start feeling comfortable about talking about this was like trying to find like my own radical personal solution and then seeing how others were starting their conversations on TikTok on morning talk shows different micro influencer platforms that I follow. I was like, okay, I was like, there are multiple ways to start to normalize these conversations. Are you trying to carry and just free bleed all the time? No, not at all. You're like radical. I'm like, what are you trying to do? I tried to create my own pads. Oh, okay. Yeah, very interesting. I don't know if that would be like personally like a sustainable option for me, but like it's something that you can do just because it horrifies me that none of these products are actually FDA approved, but they all have medical, um, oh, what's the word? Like when they give you like a pass. Yeah, they all have, they all technically have like stamps of approval. Oh, they all have waivers because they are considered medically necessary devices that have all sorts of toxins in them. Look up, have you seen, oh, I don't know what her name is. It's the girl who has the August brand on TikTok. She's a Harvard grad Asian. Oh, okay. She like is very much in terms of like period disruption. Mm -hmm. She's shown her period blood, her discharge. She's very into like, let's demystify this, let's do it. But her company is a subscription. They're biodegradable, plastic free all the good things. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to look into her. I have so much research that we didn't touch on. I know we ended up making it a little bit more personal here, talking about our periods, first periods, things we enjoy, don't enjoy, how we generally feel, how we've tried to negotiate the terms of our periods around others and why that's something that we shouldn't be apologetic for. And I think that it's, it's still a good opening for what needs to happen. And I think in season two, we can delve a little bit more into where things stand overall and what we as humans can do to help amplify the rights and securities of other humans who go through this. Here, here. So I only have one more episode because you took one of mine. (laughs) But the other episode I had listed, and I mean, I guess I'll wing it and come up with one more, is our episode we did with Brandy, who I met through our podcasting cohort. It was about inclusive sustainability. So a lot of the sustainable solution and sustainability
sustainability shaming that exists is leaving behind many people of different abilities, races, classes, and not considering those factors when deciding to choose sustainability and how people should be sustainable and why we all should go vegan, why we should do these things. And there are a lot of human factors that a lot of people do leave out of these conversations, which are vastly classist, racist, ableist, that I feel I would like to speak and learn and hear more about in the world. And Brandy is great because her podcast, For Animals, For Earth, we'll link it somewhere on Instagram maybe, she is all about safe, simple steps to help the environment. So she's not preachy, she really comes from a, like a heart space. I just want us to do better and I want to figure it out. She's also very reasonable about her choices and that you can't always make the choice or sometimes choices are hard. Like we've had discussions before about like giving up flying in airplanes because of all the things airplanes do and I was I I told her that at least at the San Diego airport I don't know how many airports do this but San Diego airport has a program where you can pay a few cents to offset your carbon footprint from your flight I don't know exactly how it's a one-to-one -one, but like you can type in the length of your flight and go to this website and like give like a few dollars or whatever to offset your carbon footprint very interesting at least that was a thing I don't know if it was performative or real but they did that when I went a few years ago I've never noticed that I'm gonna have to look the next time I go I I agree I think that wasn't a great episode I'd love to have Brandy back and I think that we should definitely keep talking about it and maybe come up with something I don't know like long term whether it's vlog episode segment just like regular catch-ups because I feel like both of us having grown up in the Bay Area where it's not something just kind of like individually that people are focused on but it was very much highlighted for us in mm -hmm. schools and our work practices things like that I feel like there's there are a lot of small things that we've learned that we could share with others because some of them absolutely tiny and strange, but they make the biggest difference. I know in my house, whenever we do buy milk in the regular like milk cartons, the paper ones, that then becomes our compost bin. That little thing? Yeah. So it's generally, it's like a weekly thing. Um, Cause like whether it's almond milk, oat milk, whatever like that, that we get it from this little organic market and they honestly, they're a little leaky. They're not the best. <laughs> it's fresh. So it's like, that's why we feel comfortable using it like that. So we can change it out weekly. And I know a one of the big problems that I hear from most people trying to compost is that they don't like taking out the bag. They don't like having to change it out by the time they do. Sometimes it starts leaking or it breaks over their floor, but this is just a little bit more compact and structured. So that way it's easy for you to change out. Small, simple steps. What's your final episode? And then we'll wing it. My final episode is why aren't we relatable? So I know relatability for us has been a conversation that we've been having for a while before we even knew what relatability was. Or calling it relatability. Exactly. Before there was really a name for this that was well known, we have been trying to figure this out for ourselves. And I think now that we've been able to give a voice to some of the things that we feel and know that others are feeling the same way, feeling similarly adjacent, just wherever they are in their view of why am I not relatable? I think it was, I think it's great that we're able to put that out there on our platform and talk about the areas where we feel like we're lacking
lacking or misunderstood because it helps normalize it for other people because mm. you're not actually lacking. You may in some circles of where you are be misunderstood, but there are other people out there who know in a way what you're going through and they can really empathize. And thinking and reflecting on that episode more, I don't, I'm not going to pull a 180 on you and tell you like I'm changing my mind on what we said in the episode, <laughs> but something that I've just been thinking about a lot in terms of that episode of relatability, a lot of it of what I feel we covered was it's not me, it's you. It's not you, it's relatability. It's the way you're seen. And I don't feel like thinking about it now personally, I don't think that's the right perspective to look at it from because rather than you, like you just said, knowing you're enough, it's the circles, it's the conversations, it's the lack of education that is coming into play. It's kind of like, well, here are all the reasons society tells me not I'm not relatable and you just like are wearing like the scarlet R rather than society doesn't see you as this way and that's a really unfortunate thing, but it's not you, it's society and here's what you can do to empower and get yourself out of these cycles and out of these spots where you're like, I'm not relatable because I don't have blonde hair. Jago dyes her hair blonde for that reason. I'm kidding. I went blonde because I wanted dimension in my hair. Apparently going back to the episode, blonde hair is now chuggy, which is the dumbest thing ever. But that's another episode. How can blonde hair be chuggy? I don't know. But I think just for me, I don't want to like, like I said, I'm not changing my mind. I think there are a lot of reasons and a lot of valid experiences people have of terms of relatability of like, oh no, you're not relatable unless you're meeting X, Y, and Z standard that everyone has. But rather than put it on like, because I don't meet the standard, Standard, it means I need to contort or do X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, maybe let's just not, let's not surround ourselves with people who are going to continue to hold up a standard knowing that I'm always going to be a step or two behind you in this standard. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that it's part of an ongoing conversation because I think part of the first step is recognizing that no, it's not you. There's something insidious and endemic held in these societal standards for what relatable life is like and I think it's like it's a two-step process one you have to realize that it's not you it is some amorphous outside force and then secondly you have to comfortable and learn how to change the environment that you're in yes and I think though the thing with it being an amorphous is the word we used mm -hmm. an amorphous outside force is yes and also though like I'm not trying to be disrespectful start a bearded conversation or or anything but it's also a thing of like I believe that can be simplified into a lot of other areas which is life is not fair for anyone and yes this is a particular thing particularly for you particularly for me particularly for women of color this is this is one of those things but it's life is just not fair and if we were to try to make it fair life is just not fair period and everyone has different things and not to minimize or say sucks to suck that you're starting here when everyone else is here or feel behind or out of place or anything it's a thing of like we need to acknowledge like you can know that through experience and perception society has a label or a bias or some a lens they see you through and know that's society's problem not mine and like you said change the environment and work within that as well or work out of that I think we still approach it from some slightly different places mm -hmm. but I understand what you're saying and I don't think it's necessarily about trying to make everything fair for everyone but it's about acknowledging that 
everyone has feelings, hardships, passions that your judgments can hurt. So I don't necessarily think it's about like trying to like, as, as my therapist would say, carpet the world so that you feel better, but like rather recognize that not every opinion or thought that's shared needs to be so sharp. Agree. My therapist likes acronyms. Those are the ones where you shorten words, mm-hmm. right? She likes the acronym WAIT, which stands for why am I talking? I like it. So kind of before you make a judgment or comment, I think I agree with what you're coming from. I guess my whole thing is it's like an example and this is not a target example. It's just the easiest one. It's like, I know that blondes get more likes on Instagram. So I'm going to go blonde and then take a picture because I want to fit. It's like, that is dumb. I'm sorry. That is dumb. If the only reason you're doing it is to get more likes on Instagram. Or it's a thing of like, I'm not getting the likes on Instagram because I'm XYZ race or XYZ color tone or stuff. Because like Instagram has millions of people and you can tell you see millions of people of all skin tones ha- are popular so i'm not saying that means oh don't see color racism doesn't exist colorism doesn't exist there are a bunch of issues as well it just doesn't mean like don't as i said in my birthday episode don't tell yourself no before like society will other people will and society will tell you no but it's like don't be like, i know that because i look like this and i wear this outfit i'm not gonna get the like so why am i posting why am i trying it's like no do what you want to do and society will follow and the people who love you will follow or they won't but it doesn't change who you are at your core who you what you value your knowing your spectacular sparkly glitter unicorn bomb very nice end scene and I see that and I understand that but I also think that sometimes here just because like we're keep, we're gonna continue talking about Instagram I know through certain conversations that I've had with people who have a similar Instagram audience to me there are like some very key things that like you know you can hit that will get you there and you know if you miss you will be completely ignored is that well one Instagram has the algorithm which is screwing itself which any relatability level needs to factor in the Instagram algorithm mm-hmm. which has its issues and biases and AI and all this stuff, which frankly would be a great episode to talk about. I took a machine learning class over quarantine for fun and learned like Google's AI program. I oh, can't, that's cool. I can't code it, but I was curious on what it was and how it was going to work. And I don't fully get it, but I have a basic understanding of it. But essentially it's kind of a thing of like the short version is like you, Amazon put in an AI program to help with hiring. They took their top execs, all of this. Any person, any woman who had anything like women's sports, women's this automatically got rejected because mm-hmm. their top things were all white men. So algorithm Algorithms have flaws because algorithms are programmed by humans who have biases. So my thing is like, we're all at fault at the, we're all at the mercy of the algorithm. Mm -hmm. One. And two, I think like, I'm not trying to disregard. It's like, we can all hit or miss on Instagram though. No, I agree. But I think my point there is like, not necessarily like how it translates on Instagram, but just how that knowing affects you. Because you know, the algorithm does have bias. You know, like your audience may have a bias. So I think it's just like, it's figuring out how to balance holding that knowledge and still doing it anyway because Mm -hmm. it's one thing to personally not feel your best and then it's another to know oh like there is a very like there's a very real glass ceiling and it's like and a thing of oh no that that is an even worse example it's almost like thing of like you can you like continually seek to break through like individual ones with every post Mm -hmm. I guess my only question or pushback curiosity statement we'll go with is who's putting that glass ceiling on because there are plenty of people are of let's just say marginalized communities who do break through it Mm -hmm. who do push through it and I'm not saying everyone has to push through it and at the same time 
Instagram is a social media thing where people post a filtered curated version of their life. It's a thing of like, there are plenty of people I'm sure who feel very similarly to you who are like, every post I do is a glass ceiling. I'm trying to break stuff. And there's a bunch of people who just don't post on Instagram because they don't give a shit. And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they're, neither is wrong. And I guess my curiosity is coming from when like saying like, I have a glass ceiling or like there is a glass ceiling. It's like, but is that really an external glass ceiling or an internalized glass ceiling? Searing a stake on the glass ceiling. <laughs> um, I think you would need to speak to someone who posts on Instagram more for that. Glass ceiling was just the best analogy mm -hmm. that I could come up with because I think it's something that most people like, have heard. Most people have heard and it's like something that we know de depending upon strength, density, whatever, you can break through it. Mm -hmm. Like I was just trying to come up with an example of like something that could be replaced or encountered again. Mm -hmm. So no, I, I, yeah. So I don't think I'm the best person for that, but I think that. But um, like on the general principle sometimes like there when for an example that might be more relevant to you like you're like well there's a glass ceiling because of x y and z factors about mm -hmm. my physical appearance or my preferences or my family or the perception of society is it really saying like there's a glass ceiling physically in front of me and I need to break through it or it's like because of those things and because of the trauma and the PTSD and all of that I have created this ceiling wall that I look at the world through and create all of my judgments around to how I should and will encounter and move through the world. I don't know. Okay. But I don't know, but I have some people I can ask who are not necessarily social media expert, but they are knowledge forum educated. Yes, but like as this is our podcast and this is a feeling you have, I know we can find out the logistics of the Instagram algorithm and like it's biases mm -hmm. and things. I guess for me, the bigger thing is like when we know that. Well, here, if you just want me not generally yeah. where like, it's coming from I think it's a combination of both fair can can, can we elaborate on this since this is a audio form <laughs> I think it's a combination of both because there are certain limitations that we all set up for ourselves, whether we do it consciously or unconsciously and then through therapy and just you know general enlightenment that happens in your day-to-day -day life you have to then realize those and work through how to take them down. But then I think there are also outside factors that are real. I don't necessarily wanna call them limitations because I don't think that they are exactly, but I do think there are certain ways in which social media will really try to redirect your audience based on what you're putting out there. And then in turn, that can either hinder or help you. Correct, I see that. I, I agree with what you're saying. I think my bigger thing is like the part that as we all know, I love the serenity prayer, typically known in not narcotic circles, Jesus, and um, not rehab, what's the term? The groups. Oh, um, support groups. Well, that's Narcotics Anonymous. The Narcotics Anonymous, Al-Anon, Alcoholics Anonymous, like what's the general like? I know, I thought the general term started with N-A. I don't know. Whatever those kind of groups are, is the serenity prayer is something that my therapist taught me that they commonly use that I think kind of, for me, is like the crux of like, I think where we agree and then just kind of split separately is like, I'm, you're focusing on like the, I'm focusing on the part I'm trying to make sure that I was like kind of like not switching my opinion on, but I wanted to elaborate on was the, the courage to change the things I can part mm -hmm. versus you were doing accept the things I cannot change, which might be some of the disadvantages or hindrances. And then also like, I think you were focusing on both, but I wanted to make sure you and our audience and everyone who hears us knows we're very much seeing the whole picture of like, yes, there are some hindrances and there's also the way we interpret and what we perceive and how we act on those hindrances. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what it comes down to for us is that we we focus more on changing the different like the different sides for us mm-hmm. personally, not necessarily that we think one or the other is more prevalent. Well, in that little segue <laughs> and little wrap up, whew, thank you to all of our other guests. I mean, I think I could name them all. Do we want to just go back and forth? Thank yeah. you, Laura, Allie, Brian, Megan, Grace, Amanda. We already said Amanda. Heather, Melissa, Guller, our wonderful podcast cohort instructor. Anna. Let's you scroll. said you said Brandy, right? Well, yeah, because she was in the we. I, I dedicated a segment to Brandy because we love her so much. Stell. We had a few <laughs> two Peters, and for our two Peters, thank you to Brian, Megan, and Allie for coming back on and talking with us again. Thanks for liking us, guys. We appreciate it. We'll be back for season two. Our plan is February, but who knows with my hopeful employment, Angela's new employment. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. I don't know, with Angela's new job, maybe we'll have a whole podcast studio. That could be really fun. I actually have been looking into wallpaper and chairs. Very nice. Oh, but thank you so much, everyone, for coming through again. I know Jay already (laughs) said it, but I just had to say it again. For coming through. What, what, what? side are you with thanks for coming through (laughs) honestly in the email that i just got someone literally put the subject line as come through please please keep in mind this is a work-related email and it was spelled through (laughs) t-h-r-u and on that note thank you for listening to this episode of in omnia parada grab your coffee bowls and don't forget to rate download and follow on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts as always where you lead will follow so head on over to at in omnia pod on instagram and let us know what you'd like to hear about in the comments bye toodaloo